Welcome to SaltCast. My name is Bob Turner, and I serve as the director of the Sunset Academy of Leadership Training, or SALT. And once again today, we have the blessing of being with Jeff Archie, who is the director of the International Gospel Hour. Welcome. Thank you, Bob. Good to be back. Well, I appreciate it very much. It's just encouraging to me to get to know you on a more personal level, as we talked about last time. Joe mm-hmm. Wells is very kind and, and gracious, and he said, you need to meet Jeff and and visit with him. And so I'm thankful for the opportunity to do that. Well, appreciate that. Joe's a good one. He Love is his that. work. Yes. And just to remind everyone that the internationalgospelhour.com, uh, you can go to that website to learn more. We'll talk more about that a little bit later in our podcast today. But as we talked about last time, one of the areas that I really want us to explore has to do with leadership in the church. And primarily, I think it'd be a good place for us to start to discuss what are some of the challenges that leaders face today. We live in a very interesting culture, Mm -hmm. not that it's much different than previous cultures when it comes to sin and immorality and those kinds of things. But within the church, we're seeing many challenges that the church is facing today that I don't think it's faced in at least many centuries of time. Mm -hmm. But I'd like for you to, to share what you think some of those challenges are and maybe how leaders can address those challenges today. I believe we could go back, Bob, to Acts, the 20th chapter, when Paul talked to the elders from Ephesus. Mm -hmm. If we go back and take a look at what Paul said to them and made them aware of things, then we'll know what we're battling. You know, in Acts 20, 28, take heed unto yourselves and unto all the flock. Number one, elder takes heed to himself. So that means pay attention to yourself and grow as an elder, as a shepherd. As a bishop, grow in these areas. Take heed unto yourself and unto all the flock. Take heed to yourself, then you can take heed to the flock. And when you take heed to the flock, then remember, the Holy Spirit has made you overseers through the direction of the Word. The Holy Spirit has made you overseers to feed. Mm. Emphatic word there, feed. Shepherd, feed the church of God, which He purchased with His own blood. So, uh, as as the late President Harry Truman had on his desk, the buck stops here. Hmm. Well, with elders in the local church, you know, you're going to make the decision. If you allow that wolf to come in among the flock, as Paul warned them, that wolf is not going to be your friend. You've got right. to be alert and you've got to look out for the flock. You take heed unto them. You will help them to grow. When Paul told them in verse 32, and now, brethren, I commend to you the word of God. I commend to you in the word of his grace. I commend this unto you to build you up. Well, obviously, let's use the word of God to build that up. And so it starts there with elders in the local congregation with their knowledge and what they are to be about and to stand on guard. But you can stand on guard, but don't forget you still have to feed the sheep. Right. And so put the proper food there and help them to grow. And that's one area there that I believe would address, you know, all the problems that we have within the church if the elders are taking heed unto themselves. And we find a lot of elderships, good men, and they want to do the right thing. But right. you've got to be focused on the flock and what you can do. I think, and I listen to elders many times, they talk, and I remember one time a dear elder friend said, Jeff, we could get out here and shepherd sheep if we wouldn't put out all these little fires. Well, and what he meant was, 
something comes up. Well, look, you can decide that. Sure. That's something, you know, if, you know, can we, you know, ladies come up, can we change a curtain in the nursery? Ladies, do what you need to do. That, <laughs> that's, that's right. you know, that's fine. Sure. And we can focus here. So then that brings us to another part within the leadership that the leaders, the elders, and the deacons that serve. Well, help that deacon know the work that he is to do. But as we mentioned last broadcast in the pattern of Acts chapter 6, where you see the pattern there. Now I'll be the first to tell you, they did not appoint deacons as we think in 1 Timothy 3, but the wording, the pattern is there, the concept. And so appoint that deacon, but ask the deacon, do this. Number one, develop your work to help us grow. That's Acts 6 and verse 7. And then second, you might want to think about that deacon in two to three years and maybe move him around to another sure. work within. I've seen deacons moved from one responsibility to another and both responsibilities take off sure. and it begins to grow. So that's something that elders are able to do to focus on the flock, to encourage deacons, not just take your work, but how can you grow that work? Take the deacon that's in charge of maintenance. Ask him. If we plan to expand, how do we do this? Can you take a look at this facility? Will this expand properly? Can we add on? Or do we need to build the carport to connect on? Which one works better? And rely upon their skill, their ability. Also goes with our Bible school teachers. And so we see there with elders, they're able to feed the flock. They're able to help the flock grow. You know, Bob, I grew up in the country. And you have to move cattle around a little bit. If you leave them in the same pasture all the time, they're going to starve because they're eating everything. So sometimes you have to move brethren around. I'm not talking about relocate buildings, but move brethren in their responsibility and help them in doing that. Yeah. So. Well, and you mentioned something in a previous podcast that I thought was very interesting and so true because I've heard it mentioned in in different ways that Mm -hmm. you have preachers who have become pastors and and the pastors of the congregation, the elders of the congregation end up doing deacons work. And mm-hmm. deacons, while they are given certain responsibilities, they really struggle with what am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. And and that does, we've, we've kind of created that dynamic in some congregations that mm-hmm. it's, it's drifted away and people are wondering, well, why doesn't it work? Why aren't things working? And it's because mm-hmm. we've kind of left the instruction and the pattern. That's yeah, yeah the, the pattern is there. You know, why is this preacher getting worn out? And then we're going to, He's going to go somewhere else. We'll hire another one. Well, you're going to go back to the same cycle. That's right. And so you, you always have to look and say, how can we change? I mean, it's as simple as this. Take a deacon who you place in charge of education. Okay, now let's think a minute. You have a classroom and you have 13 five-year-olds. Okay, those five-year-olds are going to become first graders. But the first and second grade classroom, if you will, is not as big as this room. Did you ever stop to think about swapping rooms? <laughs> okay, I realize. Bob, you're going to get letters now yes. about your podcast. Jeff Archie's very radical. He wants <laughs> teachers to move in their rooms. But you see, those are little things right there sure. that helps us. Well, I've taught in this room for 15 years. Well, guess what? You get to build the same thing in another room for one quarter. <laughs> We've got to do this, That's you know, right. and move. So th- there's always the challenges that we see, and we also need to plan ahead too. You know, Jesus planned ahead with his apostles. Yes. You know, he planned ahead. He was with them, Acts 14, 15, and 16. Then he was with them in the garden. He would tell them, look ahead. 
even in Acts chapter 1. Will you again restore the kingdom to Israel? Look ahead. Just go to Jerusalem. Just, just go there. Look ahead. Sure. And so within the church, we need to be folks that look ahead. And I think this really touches on something, especially this looking ahead piece. Mm-hmm. And, and we had talked about this idea of the next generation. And from the perspective of those who are currently leading, and I'll give you some statistics that I have come across. And, and I realize statistics are what they are. And sometimes mm-hmm. they're, they're not accurate. And sometimes even if they're close to accurate, it can be frightening. But mm-hmm. the way I have seen some of the numbers as high as 65% of congregations of the Lord's Church in this country do not have elders. And of course, we get outside this country, that number is even higher. And of the 35 or so percent that do have elders, most of them do not have enough. And I visited with Roy Johnson from Lads to Leaders, and he was stating that of the congregations that do have elders, half of them only have two which mm-hmm. is one death away or one illness away from mm-hmm. not having any elders. And with most of the congregations that I have visited with, spent time with, most of them, uh, outside of just a, f- a few that I'm aware of, have no plan in place mm-hmm. as to where the next elders are going to come from. They're, mm-hmm. they're, not, they're not training. They're not doing anything. And so I, I'd like to explore and, and get your thoughts on what can elders do where there are elders or maybe congregations that don't have elders, what can they do to help ready a a next generation so that they are prepared to become those leaders Mm -hmm. serving as elders or deacons in the future? In Acts the sixth chapter, which we've mentioned before, there was the problem that arose with the widows. And the apostles looked and they made this comment, look out among you. Look out among you and find seven men full of faith, the Holy Spirit, etc. Look out among you. So number one, elders need to look out among themselves. Elders, you know, shepherds will know their sheep. Elders know their sheep. I'm aware of one congregation that um, you they would encourage you, suggest us names. And they would sit and look at that and they would also key in and if there was someone they wanted as a deacon, they would give him a responsibility to see how he would do. If he carried it through, right. then they would appoint him as a deacon in the areas needed. So that's one thing that elders can do is look out among them. Develop this young man. You know, if he's willing to do this, help him to teach a class and develop that through the years. Congregations that do not have elders, the danger that is there. And I respect if a brother does not desire the work, 1 Timothy chapter 3, then he doesn't need to serve. But when there are those that desire the work, then brethren need to realize whose name's on the sign. It's Christ. And stop and say, these two or three brothers want to serve as elders. Let's see how things go and develop that. I'm mindful of a new church plant in the county where I live in Tennessee. And... My wife uh, was going there one, attended there one day while I was out with the International Gospel Hour. And one of the brothers told her, said, we're studying right now. This new church plan is only about six months old. He said, we're studying right now leadership. We have decided as men, 
we're not going to continue to have business meetings for the rest of our lives in this congregation. We need to develop leaders now and look, maybe a year, maybe two, but we need to develop this so we can be ready. Right. So a lot of that, Bob, is the mindset. Okay. You know, and people have been, well, we've had business meetings, it's worked well all these years and so on. Yeah. Well, yeah, but again, do I have to take you out to the road and show you whose name's on the sign? <laughs> and, uh, and, and, you know, and that may be true. But then again, and I guess I'm going to let the country boy vernacular come out in me. Some of these congregations been in existence 65, 70 years. You could have raised yourself elders in that amount of time. That's right. And so uh, those are in the in the two areas there that we see out. And it's as simple as, once again, let's return back to the Scripture. What is God's plan? What is God's pattern? And let's develop and grow and encourage uh, young men to become elders or deacons and preachers too. Growing up, Bob, I, you know, I hear about the, the preacher shortage. Growing up, I remember hearing so much, Jeff, if you want to preach, that's good, but you better have something to fall back on. Yeah. I grew up in an era in the 60s and 70s where it seemed like there was a three to five year stay for preachers. Sure. I'm thankful to see preachers have a good long stay. I had 16 and a half years at one place, richly right. blessed. And uh, the studies have shown longer works at more established work right. well. And so I think also to encouraging people more. I was a little hard headed. I wanted to preach and <laughs> I didn't want people to discourage me. Sure. But, you know, we, we had that generation. You better have something to fall back on. But now we're blessed with all kind of camps. The lads to leaders work that congregations can use within their study. Sure. Uh, the f- leadership training camps, just about all of our schools of preaching have some type of leadership camp that boys can go to in the summer. Uh, you know, at Horizons at Freed Harmony University. So they're able to learn how to grow and be the leaders that God wants them to be. Right. Yeah. You mentioned something that uh, has been an area for me that's been I don't want to say sensitive, but it's it, I hear it so much. And I'd like to talk for just a minute about it. And that is that qualification. Well, I don't have the desire. That, that seems to be one of the number one mm-hmm. areas. And, and I realize uh, I've talked to a number of different people as to how that's come about. Why, why would someone who's lived their life as a faithful Christian and their family as faithful servants of God, and they, mm-hmm. they have all of these qualities in their life that Paul talks about in Timothy and Titus, and, and yet then say, <laughs> I just don't have the desire, so I'm not qualified. Mm-hmm. And could you share with us maybe how we might approach encouraging brethren who have that mindset to maybe turn that around so mm-hmm. that they could have the desire or that maybe to encourage them to develop that desire? Mm-hmm. Bob, I think a lot of the problem is they see what some elderships go through. Right. And they see a lot of the things they have to deal with, and they simply say, that's not for me. Now, it's like this. Do you want to cure the disease, or do you want to doctor the symptom? Yes. All right, let's back up. All right. I see what elders go through. I wouldn't want that. Okay, what's elders going through? Well, they've got so much on them. Because they're taking this work and that work that a deacon ought to be doing. Hold it. Hold it. Now we're getting to the problem. Right. All right. Let's go back once again. Let's make sure that our elders are being the shepherds and what they need to do. Let's move that stuff off them and the deacons. Let the preacher do his work. 
I guess I've put it this way before, let the elders eld, the deacons deek, the preachers <laughs> preach, and members remember what the Bible says on it. Yes. And I think if we get back to that, then the symptom of I don't desire it, well, now I understand the work a little better. I think I can help the work this way. Right. And let those shepherds reach out to that man. He says, I don't desire it. Well, why not? Well, I see what y'all deal with. Well, he may be the one to suggest something that can change that culture there and how that can work. Yeah. Well, I tell you, it's so needed because I think that's one of the big areas that we face in the church today is where men don't have the desire because of what they have seen. Mm -hmm. And in the long run, eldership suffers. And when they die off, there's no one to replace them. And Mm -hmm. we certainly need to change that. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Jeff. I appreciate you spending time with us today. and. Sharing us, sharing with us your insight, and it's been very beneficial. Please tell everyone again, if you would, how they can get in touch with the International Bible Hour or Gospel Hour, mm-hmm. International Gospel Hour, and how they can learn more about the work that you're doing and how they can be involved in that. Sure. Well, of course, it's simple. InternationalGospelHour.com. Go over to our page. Uh, you can send us anything you want to know. You can also uh, uh, download our. Uh, our local program, the one that we have, we mm-hmm. can work you through that. Uh, you can call us toll-free, 1-855-IGH-6988. And uh, what I failed to remember on the previous program, go to our Facebook page, like International yes. Gospel Hour. We keep that updated of what we're, what's going on, what we're doing. Uh, follow us on Instagram and follow us on Twitter. And so we'll try to keep you informed one way or the other of the works that we're doing. That's great. Thank you again for being with us. You're welcome, and Taking Bob. time to be here. I want to thank all of you for listening and being a part uh, of our time together today. We thank you for that. Again, my name is Bob Turner, and I'm the director of the Sunset Academy of Leadership Training. And we pray that you'll have a great day, that you've been blessed by the time that we've shared today with Jeff. And encourage you to go to their website and see how you can be involved in learning more about that work. God bless.